To reading the library book, the podcast in which I read a chapter of the library book, one chapter at a time, per episode. So this is going to be chapter nine. If you have not yet read chapters one through eight, and you like reading things in order or hearing things in order, you may want to go back. If you like to mix things up, dive right in, into the middle of chapter nine. So, um... Do we need recaps at the beginnings of these things? Let me know. I, I, I'm not doing them because I don't have anything written to be that, but, but do you need one? Tell me. Uh, meanwhile, here's chapter nine. Did I hear what? I asked. Exactly. There is nothing to hear. Usually, when the union meets, there is a cacophony of sound. All the animals, all the chattering of the librarians, the singing of union songs. There is nothing, though. Should we maybe not go in there, then? I asked. Maybe, but I think I must investigate. Perhaps it would be safest for the library to stay here with you. I looked at the camel, who looked at me, and squinted. I think we should all go together, I said. Taboos pawed the ground and seemed to agree. Then we must all go very carefully. We stepped gingerly into the tent village and looked left and right. We could see booths and tents, but no librarians and no animals. Nothing was out of place, though. There didn't seem to have been a fight or anything. Everyone had just disappeared. I stumbled a bit over something, and when I looked down to see what it was, I noticed a piece of burlap. I bent down to examine it. Be careful, said Eamon. We don't know what happened here. I kicked at the burlap and uncovered a piece of twine. I might have an idea, I said, but I'm not sure yet. As we walked past more tents, as I expected, we found three more pieces of burlap and three pieces of twine. Yes, I said. That's it then. The librarian looked at me and cocked his head. What is it? They all read books like mine, like the one that sent me to the desert. My book was wrapped in burlap like that and twine like that. I think whoever sent me here must have caused the librarians to vanish as well, though that doesn't explain the libraries. It it does, actually. That is very logical. The wandering librarians are so attached to their libraries, the libraries follow them wherever they go, even at their own risk. To separate one of us from our library is almost impossible, unless we will it so. The camel stuck his head under Eamon's arm, and Eamon rubbed its chin. It is all right, Taboos. It is all right. We stood dumbly for a bit, unsure of what to do about a whole camp of vanished librarians. How many are gone, do you think? I asked. I do not know, said the librarian. We do not take attendance at the meetings, so I do not know who was here and who has vanished. I looked at the twine we'd picked up already. That's four, I said. Then I looked around at the empty marketplace. I saw another piece up ahead and picked it up and called back. Five! 
Amen understood immediately and went down another avenue to pick up another piece of twine, saying six, and we went on in opposite directions, picking up twine and counting. I had gathered a dozen pieces by the time we re-encountered each other near the water trough where we started. The librarian had collected thirteen pieces of twine, so altogether we were missing twenty-five librarians and their libraries. Eamon handed me his twine and suddenly sat on one of the nearby crates with his head in his hands. The camel rested its head on his shoulder. We'll find them, I said. Probably they're with my missing library, and librarians too. Eamon looked up and agreed that that was the most logical idea. And meanwhile, I said, can we all agree that none of us will read a book wrapped up in burlap and twine? Agreed said Eamon, who suddenly jumped to his feet and rushed to one of the library shelves. He pulled out an atlas and opened it to a colorful illustration. The camel and I peered over his shoulders at what seemed to be a map of Akita. I could see the cradle, gate one, where I'd met Edna, and the tree library. After studying the map for a moment, the librarian slammed it shut, put the book back, and tightened all the library straps. Edinkit. We need to get to Amphalos right away. Amphalos? It is the city at the center of Akita. If someone has kidnapped an entire chapter of the Union of Wandering Librarians, there is great trouble. None of the books in Akita are safe. We may all know the horror you felt when your library's books disappeared. Oh no. Yes, I think it is very serious. It was very serious before, of course. One library lost is a very grave problem, but to lose all of them? No. Once we get to Omphalos, we can go anywhere you need to to find your books. But I must first know that the keys are secured. I may be the only wandering librarian at liberty. No. We don't know yet, but I assume the worst. It is very good I was late for this meeting. I thank you. Eamon lowered his head, and Tabus bowed his head as well. I bowed mine too. I wasn't sure if we were bowing to each other or praying or observing a minute of silence for the missing librarians or just exercising our necks. Eamon carefully packed the burlap and the twine into a bag that hung next to the library shelf. I went to help you, I said. You helped me a lot. So if I can help you when we get to Omphalos, I want to. It might be very dangerous for one so young, he said, concern on his face. Dangerous how, I asked. I do not know yet, said Eamon. Dangerous like they could take all the books from my library? Eamon conceded the point. We shall see, he said. Meanwhile, let us go. He set off walking quickly to the other end of the camp. At the edge of the encampment, there was more sand, seemingly no different from the direction from which we'd come. As we stepped onto it, though, I noticed that its texture was a little different, less sandy, more pebbly. We walked on this sand several paces before the librarian reached ahead and seemed to feel for something in the air. And then he caught hold of it. As he did... The horizon seemed to bend a bit right where his hand was. 
Then he drew his hand to the side, and the landscape before him pulled to the side like a curtain, revealing a darker space behind it. We passed through the opening, Eamon holding the curtain open for me and Taboos, and once we were all inside, he let it fall behind us. It was extremely dark. Darker, perhaps, due to our having come in from such a bright desert. Where are we? I whispered, trying to feel around me, feeling completely blind. Shortcut, said Eamon. Why is it so dark? I asked. To prevent anyone who is not a wandering librarian from traveling this way. How does it do that? Well, our animals do not need their eyes as much as people do to make their way. They see in the dark? Some do. But most of them smell their way through. There are smell signposts along the way. Like road signs for the nose. Exactly, said Eamon. If you pay attention, you might be able to sense some of them. Eamon sniffed. Ah, oh, he said. There, what do you smell? Oranges! Exactly. Now, I've taken this path enough times to know that once we can no longer smell them, we will come to a fork in the paths. On one side, almonds. To the other, pine needles. The almonds will take us to Omphalos, the pine to the tree library. It was exactly as Eamon said. The smell of oranges faded, and ever so faintly I caught the scent of pine and almonds. The almonds led us to the right, and so we traveled through the dark, singing and smelling things. Eamon said the singing helped them keep time and also helped them keep their spirits up when they were troubled. Eventually, five songs and several smells later, we found ourselves looking at a frame of light that smelled faintly of old mothballs. Why did they choose that awful smell, I asked. From the other side, this entrance is just an old closet, full of old clothes and such. The smell not only is appropriate for the location, but also helps discourage people from rummaging around in it. I covered my nose with the scarf Eamon had given me. Eamon opened the door, and the smell of mothballs got even stronger. He cleared several rows of heavy coats out of the way, and Taboos and I followed him through the space he made. We carefully walked past boxes, cardboard boxes piled on top of boxes with some dates written on them and some with all sorts of things spilling out of the top. I saw a stuffed rabbit, a tennis racket, and a hat with a pom-pom on top of one box. Lost and found, said Eamon. People leave so many things behind at the library. We came to another door, and Eamon felt around the frame of it as if he were looking for a spare key. But then the door opened, and the frame expanded, making the entrance at least three times bigger than it had been. Just the right size for a camel, said Eamon, as he scratched under Taboos' chin. We all went through into a pretty ordinary-looking hallway, something that looked a lot like the offices in the basement of my library. Eamon slid his hand around the frame again, and it returned to become a regular-sized door. On the door, a sign read, Lost and Found. We walked through the halls, which looked like nothing special. The fluorescent lights flickered above our heads. Eamon told me they were designed that way so as to discourage anyone not in the know from exploring this hall. We came to a large service elevator, and Eamon pushed the up button. 
There was a loud clatter as the elevator came to life several floors away. As we waited, Eamon explained that we were in one of the most important libraries in Omphalos, part of a group of libraries called the Sensory Libraries. We were in the Library of the Ear, where we where we would meet with the librarian who held one of the five keys that unlocked the library at the center of Umphalos. The Umphalos of the Umphalos, Eamon said. What's in there? I asked. The most precious books in the world, said Eamon. In some cases, they are the only copies in existence of important texts. The printer's gallery copy of Shakespeare's first folio, for example, or Leonardo da Vinci's missing notebook. There are manuscripts and recordings and anything irreplaceable, which is why I feel I must check to be sure it is secure. The elevator was one of those that opened up and down and required Eamon to pull a large lever to open the doors. Noisily, the elevator took us up past a sound library and a library of languages. Then we stopped at the button with the M on it. That, my friends, was chapter nine. Thank you for listening, and you will have chapter 10 next week, certainly, if not before. (laughs) So, um, tell me anything that you would like to. You can leave a message on the voicemail, which is 646-847-8758. You can leave me an email at leandralibrary at gmail.com. I've heard some rumors of drawings, and I would very much love to see them. So um, if if you have photos of drawings, you can email me. I would love to see it. Love to see it. Um, So uh, things that I would love to know are, do you think... There might be a better title. We've already, I've already asked you this before, but I was listening to another podcast and I heard that a rather famous author is coming out with a book in October and guess what it is called, my friends? Guess what it is called? It is called a library book. It's not a, a novel. It's a, I think it's a work of nonfiction, but it is by um, a famous-ish, yeah, no, just straight up famous author named Susan Orlean. So I'm thinking it might be a good idea to to not get confused with that particular book. It sounds like a very interesting book. I would like to read it. Um, but I'm, I would love to hear your ideas about titles for this one um, and titles for the chapters, which I am thinking more and more might be a good idea. And also let me know if you feel like you need recaps before the chapters. And what else do I want to know? I would like to know if you have any questions, what you might be wondering about, what you are imagining might happen. Um, and yeah, I think that that is, that is all for the moment. Um, or you can tell me whatever crosses your mind after your, your thoughts after listening to the chapters would be so cool. But drawings especially, I would like to see those the most. All right, so that's chapter nine. Chapter 10 will come soon. Thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, welcome to Umphalos. Silim, 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 silim.